Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello and welcome to the Flyers Talk Podcast. As always, I'm Katie Emmer. And I am Jordan Hall. We are your home for everything and anything Flyers related. And Katie, we have a special guest. You need to hype that up more, Jordan. We have a special guest. I don't know if I would call myself special. Mr. Joe Fordyce. He's also the pre and post game producer of Flyers hockey. I looked at you and I'm like, you do so many other things. So you <laughs> no. do that, but you've well, been here for a very long time. Well, I'm gl- yes, I'm glad to be here. Uh, glad to be doing this for the first time and uh, looking forward to it. Joe, it's so great to have you. Yeah, um, thank you. And again, Jordan and I, just some young pups over here. You're also still very young, but you've been working Not here as young in as Philadelphia. You. <laughs> you've been working here in Philadelphia for such a long time. Tell us, you know, where everything started. Of course, yeah. you're now the producer for Flyers pre and post game live, but what else did you do before that? Yeah, so I started in uh, 2003 here. I've been here for 17 years now, just uh, this week, actually, 17 Ooh. years. Nice, Joe. Um, so. Oh, that I, was a little hot in the mic. Sorry, guys. I've, I got excited. Um, <clears throat> I've done. I mean, I've done field producing. I produced when we used to do some more uh, longer form shows as well as shorter, and I did all those. And then this is my third year on the uh, Flyers beat, I guess you would say. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Doing every game. So um, this by far is what I enjoy the most doing, uh, sticking with one team. And uh, And working with me on a daily basis. Yes. (laughs) Yes. No hesitation. No, I'm totally kidding. (laughs) But that was a good response. But yeah, anyway, yeah. I could so, understand um, why. Yeah, so I've done so many different things, a lot of things that are just basically not even part of the media anymore. Um, yeah, you've done some pretty cool events. Yeah. I've definitely seen like some of the things that you went to back in the day. Yeah. You know, like some, like, can you tell us some of the games and events you've covered? Yeah, so um, I would say some of the stuff that stood out uh, in 2006 when Barbaro won the uh, Kentucky Derby. Yeah. I was there for that. Um, and then – he went on to injure himself at the Preakness and had to be put to sleep later oh on. My but goodness. I was at the one race. But one just a memory of that. Yeah. One. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I have to say Churchill Downs is a place I would have never been if it wasn't for working here. Yeah. Um, there, uh, the owners for that particular horse lived in uh, in Bucks County. Okay. So, went out to their like farm and did yeah. a whole like uh, pre-story with them and. You know, got there and their daughters are riding horses like out on their farms, and it, it was, it was. I, I felt like I was totally out of my league. But it's unique. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. different. Yeah, it was. Uh, it the was job a cool takes experience. you places. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I've done a bunch of Eagles traveling with the Eagles. Done um, a ton of Flyers stuff, um, and obviously now I'm doing Flyers all the time. And um, this 
particular uh, position yeah. allows me to do a lot of different things other than just produce the show. You know, I set up interviews. I can go do field stories, go to practice, and um, you're you know, busy. Just a lot of different things. I just really quickly too. We'll get into a lot of Flyers news that we got going on. Certainly a fun season, and mm-hmm. we all can sort of grade it, especially from years past and what your experience with this specific season and how it sort of differs from the rest. But overall either worker as a fan what has been the number one flyers moment and it could have been in the spectrum it could have been here like anything that you have as a fan or as a fan or covering or working okay so when the best game i was ever at was game two of the 95 uh playoffs against the rangers at the i knew you were gonna say it yeah and um that was a team bundy was on it was the Lindros era. Kevin Holler scored a game winner in overtime in that game. That's awesome. And I was sitting in the first row of the upper deck behind the goal that he scored. It's the loudest I've ever heard a building. In, definitely in this town. Yeah. And if you take out like Penn State football, maybe because of the amount of people that are there, it's the loudest and craziest I've ever, of any sporting event I've ever been to. Uh, the building was shaking. And the next year they moved into this building. Uh-huh. So... That is definitely the one that sticks out in my mind. And then in terms of work, covering them in 2010 when they went to the Stanley Cup final mm. against Chicago and lost on the goal that nobody has still seen go in from Patrick <laughs> King. Um, that, th- those are the, kind of the ones that stand out the cool, most. Cool, cool. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, like it's so funny. Yeah, you have like it's always cool to have ones as like fans when you were growing up, and then it's cool to have ones with work uh, you know, you like you kind of compare them and see where you were like at different parts of your life in terms of following sports. Those are two really, really good ones. Uh, Katie, I'm anxious. Do you have any? Uh, Jordan, you? you're putting me on the spot here. I, uh, <laughs> I so far it's it's been a great season with a lot of moments, and this kind of is weird because it was another team, but it was a great moment for the Fires. I, in all of my years, thank you for putting it out there. It's 24. I appreciate everyone <laughs> mentioning that. Katie's 24. So in all my 24 years, I think the be- one of the best hockey moments happened this season. It was in front of the Flyers. It was at home. It was Brad Marchand missing the puck in yes. a shootout to lose the game for the Bruins. It was the, the coolest thing ever. That, and that was, <laughs> <clears throat> I, I think that was your viral moment of the season so sure. far. Right. Um, because And then brad of course being the personality that he it is just everything made total up, sense yeah he followed it up with the social media posts <laughs> right saying that you know you wish he, you were me in right. your driveway buddy He's something lo- like that, that he, him holding the cup like and he also <laughs> tweeted out like looking for his hands yes uh, you know he, oh yeah yeah uh, that was good so and when you say tweet i'm like thinking of marsha he's all over twitter all the time yep. chirping people i yeah. mean that guy is worth but anyway jordan to answer your question that is probably one I would say the top moment at the at this time. Hopefully, there's more. We have still a season ahead of us. And to watch it with Chris Terrian, and I believe it was Al. Marnay. Oh my gosh! And just it's sitting there, and it, you're downstairs. We uh, were just like, because in a shootout, we're ready to go on whenever. So all of us yeah. are on the desk. Joe's in our ear, getting set up for the rest of uh, the show. Like, what's going to happen in post game? It's kind of crunch time, and especially when we go to a shootout, it's like you don't know what's going to happen. We could come on right away. So we we're just all getting ready, and just that initial reaction, we came on right away, and it's yeah. just that. That like reaction, we we were oh, still like. I, I what think just we happened? probably we probably showed that goal or the miss twelve to fifteen times. Yeah. During a 40, 45 minute show. Yeah. I mean, it was all we talked about. Yeah. And it was all we it was all we had to talk about because yep. it was all anybody was talking about in terms of that game. So. Just uh, about anything that else was that a, happened. That was a that memorable game. night. Yeah, yeah, it was rendered moot probably. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> you know, it's just something else I just thought about the game. the the post game graphics have been very popular this season. Yes. 
Um, and I believe it's you, it's Casey Feeney. There's yeah. a lot of people downstairs. Yeah. Answer the questions of maybe like what people, like I've seen a lot on Twitter, like this person deserves a raise. Is it just an array of you guys down there thinking of what's going to be a clever lower third after a game? Well, yeah. I mean, a lot of, most of that credit I would say goes to Casey and, um, <laughs> it's, it's helpful when two of us are down there. Right. Um, because there, it allows for more of that type of mm. creative thinking to go on. Whereas, you know, if it's, if it's one of us, there's not always, there's not always, depending on what happened in the game and what interviews we're getting in, because, you know, sometimes guys get a little loose with the language. Oh, and, it's so funny you know, when you're in my to, area, you're like, you're going to have to apologize when we come back on, just yeah. be ready. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. What's going? Yeah. Okay. What was said? All right. <laughs> so, um, you, but yeah. Everything goes in post game, Jordan. Like, we yeah. don't even know. We're just, Joe's telling me. And yeah. It's, I mean, Joe it's, runs everything, and yeah. I just try to relay it as best yeah. as possible. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, it's, a lot of that credit goes to Casey for that, <laughs> coming up with those things. But we, yeah, we generally bounce ideas did. back and forth. Uh, the Kevin. last one was the champ is here when yes. Kevin Hayes scored right. and had the uh, he had the the belt celebration yep. uh, with the uh, the over overtime winner. I think. Yeah, yes. overtime. Columbus. Yeah, overtime. You yeah. know, what yes. my favorite one it. was was uh, when Michael Raffle scored two goals. He really got one, and then they they credit him for the other one. Yes. Or something like that in the lower third in post game was like Michael Raffle credited for two goals only once one. Right. Yes. Like, it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I had someone tweet at me the other day with like a collage of like eight or nine of them. And it was like terrific. I need to see that. I'll, yeah. I'll try to find it. Um, we didn't make a scrapbook. No, it, it, yeah, it was it, essentially what it was. And it was it was just awesome, like reliving all of them. And, it, and it's just cool how you guys bounce things off of each other in terms of creativity and how just to make things fun and look what it does it gets recognized and and it puts the show in a good really like a really good light so i think it's it's just really fun to yeah. to do that and have fun with it yeah yeah speaking of fun there's a lot of fun surrounding this team right now four game win streak not too bad uh team's looking good we were all at practice this morning saw um no niskanen no kevin hayes but no alert there uh taking a maintenance day there's a lot of positivity surrounding this team, and deservingly so, just with the way things are going for them. A big concern is just they haven't really been dominating these games. Like, they're not dominating, but they're finding a way to win. Is that – because to me that's sort of concerning, but, hey, if they're getting the W at the end of the day. Yeah, I, I think it's fine. I, I definitely think there's a level of concern, um, but I think the good teams win when they're not at their best, and I think we've seen the Flyers do that a number of times uh, where – Maybe they had a really rough period, kind of like they did against the San Jose Sharks. Uh, I believe it was the first period where they scored, the Flyers scored first, and then almost their effort level kind of uh, was taken down a notch. And yeah, they they survived that period uh, against a team that's not all that great. So uh, I think you I think you see them regroup consistently, um, and they know how to at least control a game where if they're not winning all three periods, they're winning two of three. Um, so to me, I think it's a good sign of a good team and uh, a sign of veteran leadership. I believe Travis Konechny told um, our Taron Hatcher after the San Jose game that uh, they had a really good stern talk <laughs> at the first right, intermission yeah. and the coaches weren't happy with the effort and they come out and they really, I think, dominated the next two periods. So to me, not a big concern. I think it's more what we've seen come from it and that's uh, uh, you know winning when you're not at your best and knowing how to still get the results. So. Uh, that's kind of in my take, Joe. What have you seen? Yeah, I um, what you just mentioned about Konechny, that stood out to me when he told Taryn. Yeah. Um, because they're in the middle of a win streak, mm -hmm. and 
the coach expects that much of them that one part of one period where their effort level may have been lacking a little bit and he kind of chews them out for it yeah. and I think rather than a negative I think that's a positive showing what he knows his team is capable of right and they obviously responded not only did they respond but to a man almost every player credited what happened after the first period with their their play for the rest of the game yeah yeah, I, I think – oh, sorry, what were you going to – No, I, was, I, I just say I, I think those kind of things are things where maybe the last two years you, you're not going to get that. Right. Like a bad start snow, would snowball into a second and a third period type yeah. of thing. And I don't know that – I mean, there were a lot of th- – I think there were a lot of things when Dave Haxtell was here that we don't know that went on. Mm-hmm. But – I feel like it's clear what goes on here with Vigneault. Yeah. Um, He's very transparent. He holds people accountable, and he doesn't care if they're on a a five-game win streak or a five-game losing streak, or maybe even if they scored three goals in the first ten minutes and didn't like the way they played in the second ten minutes of a period, he's going to let them know about it Yeah, because he knows what they're capable of, and I think that's a a really good sign. Yeah, he trusts in them, and and that goes back. I brought this up actually at practice today to a couple of the players and coach. Just this word resilient – uh, resiliency just with the team and response as well. So you see after even t- connect me saying they, they got a message there, a little stern message after the first and you say like, it's not a snowball effect. They respond, they finish out the game and they get the job done. Was it awesome? No, but they found a way. And I think what the last third period, I, they held them to like three shots. They really controlled the rest of that game. And with that, I asked, um, what I specifically remember was Claude Giroux this morning, and I said, is that an example of maturity with the differences of teams? Like, is this an example of a mature team that, that there is an ability to just, hey, you have to do this, they go do it. You know, there's yeah. there's just no way it, it sort of, we've seen this snowball effect all season long, even after a loss. It's rare that they see uh, we see them add up for the Flyers and in game-like situations. So away from the schedule, it's the same thing going back to last game against the Sharks. Certainly a positive. And Claude Giroux said, yeah, it's a, an example of a mature team. So... Yeah, and I think we've really seen it in the third period, too. That's their best period by far. Um, they have 79 goals in the third period. They have 65 in the second, 56 in the first. Wow. So it just tells you they really come on hard in the third period. And we maybe would see that in years past, but that would be because Joe and Kitty, as you guys know, they'd be down in the third period, so yeah. they'd be pushing like hell to, to make the game at least somewhat relevant. This year, they, they've been in control going into that third period, and then, then they really know how to close out games. Uh, they have a plus 23 goal differential in the third period. Um, I think that speaks volumes to the leadership that they have and then the coaching staff. Um, they really know how to close games, uh, and we've seen that all season. Um, and that's been huge because, uh, yeah, their first periods really haven't been anything spectacular, but uh, they know how to turn it on in the second, and then they know how to finish in the third. And going off of that, Jordan, I remember last week that question was brought up because the third period is so common. Like, that is a hot factor for this team right now is that they're so dominant. Yeah. Remember Lane Vino just talking about this team, how hard they work? Yeah. And I think I brought that up on a show, just how hard this team works and sort of how that pays off on the ice. You see them lasting the full 60 minutes, even in overtime, getting the job done, um, at, at least as of late. And he credited that to just the way they work in practice. We see a lot of these guys just go all out. So it's certainly a positive sign to have a hardworking team, especially when you're trying to make the playoffs. Yeah, and I, it's interesting, too, because if you look at their roster, I, I it, it stands out that they have a young roster. But when you listen to them talk, 
and and you kind of watch them go about their business, they don't conduct themselves like a young roster. Yeah. yeah. They conduct themselves like a, a a group of veterans. And I think that is due to the young guys learning from the guys that have been here a while. Because, I mean, while Sean Couturier is, you know, getting up into his upper 20s, mm-hmm. it seems like he's been here for over a decade. It hasn't been over a decade, but right. it, it, it seems like that. So you have young guys, but guys who are really mature, and I think it trickles down for the rest of the team. Um, even seeing what Obey Bell was able yeah. to do, he just jumped right in, and you would credit that. And to it took him a few Couturier weeks, and the right? Older guys. It took him a few weeks. Yeah, took him some games, but now we really see him come and come on strong, and giving you maybe some production that you didn't expect. Yeah, I mean, I'm not nothing against the kid, but I don't think when they brought him up, they said we expect what he's giving them now. You know, when they brought him you up. You think he's exceeding yeah. their expectations? Oh, yeah. Initially. Absolutely. Yeah. I think there's a lot of players exceeding expectations. And I don't, I mean, I, I would say the team as a whole is probably exceeding its expectations. And speaking of expectations, um, I had some expectations for the two new guys, just as far as adding depth. And Joe, you talk about the younger roster. It's kind of all, like also at the same time, we kind of see the youth kind of trickle out. And we've seen two veteran players come in specifically after this trade deadline. Yes, it's still a young roster if you look at, you know, defensive defensemen and everything else. But I had, you know, expectations for these two guys, Derek Grant and Nate Thompson, to really set the tone, help out. Uh, they've been, at least Nate Thompson's been a part of some playoff runs. But you have two older players that just bring depth. Uh, are they going to be flashy scorers? We talked about this on the uh, last episode. Probably not. But at least you have some players out there to just bring some light to the room and help out and join in on what could be a really good run for this team. Again, can't get too far ahead of ourselves. But from we, what we saw in their first game, I had expectations, and I, I didn't really have them that high. And from what I saw, Nate Thompson looked pretty comfortable out there. Derek Grant, again, you can't expect them to make a huge impact in their first game, but you know, pretty solid effort from the two that we saw so far in one game. Would we agree? I agree, and my expectations weren't very high either. And you forget, they, they, they got these guys for depth. They didn't get these right. guys to come in here and center your second line and create pl- you know, plays every single time uh, and every single shift. Um, they got these guys, Derek Grant, to maybe play your third or fourth line center. Same with Nate Thompson. Um, and you, you got to remember, Derek Grant's flying across the country, changing time zones. He's waking up the next morning, uh, going right to a team meeting and trying to learn everything. And same with Nate Thompson. And playing a game. And playing day. a game. Yeah. So I think they were really eased in. They played about 12 minutes apiece. Uh, didn't score, but I think we saw them come along a little bit more in the third period, uh, and they became more recognizable. Um, and again, they, they will do subtle little things that uh, don't really pop, like win face-offs or help you on your PK. And that's where you're going to see differences. Um, and I think the more they get comfortable, the, the more they do. Um, so no, I am not expecting them to jump off the page, uh, just like Katie said. And, and Joe, um, where are you expecting to see them kind of make their most impact? Well, I, I think these are two guys where they're examples of the guys where if you don't hear their name, then that's a good thing. Right. Yeah. Um, like you say that a lot of times with maybe your third pair defenseman. If you don't hear their name, then that's not, you know, a bad thing. Mm-hmm. They're Robert Haig's a perfect example. Right. Yeah. I a guy, I mean. when you don't hear his name, that's not a bad thing. I think that's that could be applied to these two veterans that the Flyers got. They're there to provide veteran leadership. 
um, like you mentioned, face-off circle, solid in the face-off circle. Yeah. And they're not going to be susceptible to maybe a, a rookie mistake that, you know, we've seen Joel Farabee's, he's had his ups and downs this year. Connor Bunneman, I don't know that anybody expected him to be on the roster when we got to 20 games remaining in the season. Yeah. So the I'm not saying those guys aren't prepared, but what I am saying is that these two guys are probably more prepared because they've played in playoff. Well, Thompson, he's played in playoff well, games. Well, let's just right. talk about Derek yeah. Grant. This in his seven-year career, the Flyers are his seventh team. So yeah. Yeah. yeah, you have experience with veteran leadership, but like this guy knows what it's like. He's done it six times before to just yeah. jump into a team. Yeah, flying cross country might be a different circumstance but he's played everywhere. So you yeah. also have a player like Derek Grant who knows what it takes to get caught up to speed. Right. Yeah, and and I think that those two guys will help with some of the youth. We saw we saw in the last game and you know, it's nobody's expecting Scott Lawton to do every game what he did last game, but you well, saw what, what happened when he too? got elevated yeah. to the second line. Yeah. And he's really no matter where he's played this year, he's been awesome. Yeah, so, would agree. Um, and he's being recognized across the league, as yes. I'm sure many people saw in 31 Thoughts by Elliot Freeman for Sportsnet, that apparently multiple league executives uh, called Chuck Fletcher about Scott Lawton. And apparently, according to the article, Fletcher couldn't hang up fast enough. So uh, I think that's pretty cool because, like, like Joe was saying, um, you're not going to expect him to score two goals a game or put up two assists a game, but he's playing so well that people are recognizing him, and I think he deserves it. Jordan, I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. Who was your favorite I player? said Scott Lawton yes, was my did. favorite player. I know we shouldn't play favorites, Joe, okay? But, but Katie did say this when Scott we asked Lawton, her a while ago. Scott Lawton is my favorite. Well, yeah, and he, I said it, I forgot how long ago, but it still, it's, it's just his grit. Just I think I described that too. I think what really stood out to me at the start of the season was we see him have a great start and he gets hurt. And then his ability to come back, like every time he responded to injuries, like he was so hungry to get back into the lineup. So I liked that fight from him and just sort of his uh, his response and just how hard he works out there. Yeah. But on top of it, you see the guy working hard the other night. You see him with Kevin Hayes and just that chemistry. And then we talk about the game before, so close to a hat trick. I mean, hey, if things are working for uh, Scott Lawton, not a big deal, but he's going to stay my favorite player. I think he's going to do the same <laughs> the same things he, he has always done in terms of how he plays. But I remember back going back to 2015-16, he said he believed he could be a second or a, a second line center in this league. He really wanted to be a top six player. That was his goal. And now he's getting a chance to play uh, you That's know, on cool. a second line. Yeah. And the other day he mentioned, oh, I'm still going to do the same things. I'm going to be myself. But deep down, I think he's excited about the opportunity to play with some skilled guys where he can kind of show himself. And he showed himself the other night uh, in that game. He looked like a top six player. Yeah, and, and I think that's enough, that he's an example of a guy where he's still a young guy, yeah. but it seems like he's been here for a long time. It does. Like it seems a like veteran he was player. in the first round forever right. ago. Yeah, yeah it seems. He's only 25. It, yeah, so it's it's that's what I was referring to earlier, yep. guys that are mature young guys. Yeah. Guys that they know Scott Lawton knows what it it's like to play anywhere on any of the four lines. Yeah. And how and easy is that for your coaching staff when you can put them anywhere yeah. and the guy can make things happen? Yeah. I yeah. mean I think you see why Chuck apparently hung up so fast on that phone is that uh, they really like Scott Law. Oh, no, he's boxing out. He's like, yeah, stay he's like, away, get away. <laughs> stay away no. from him. So it does crazy Going scene. back to last game, too, I remember what Bundy said on the postgame uh, show. Just with Scott Lawton, he had two assists in the, la in the uh, win against the Sharks. 
Bunny said he was like a part of every single play, though. Every goal we saw out there. It's like, yeah, he only had the two apples on the stat sheet, but it was almost like he was doing way more. And Bundy thought he was the most important player in that game, uh, of course, as well as Carter Hart, but Scott Lawton, too. Do you remember him saying that, too? I do, yeah. And and it seems like he said that um, a number of times this year. Right, I feel like because, I've Because um, early in the year, we remember when Elaine Vigneault called out some of his top players mm-hmm. for – you know, that they needed to do more. So we've had some inconsistency at the top of the lineup. And aside from injuries, I feel like when he's played, he's been maybe the most consistent player. And actually last year, last despite season. all the struggles, I thought he was the most consistent player. 100%. And it wasn't even close Not on even last close. year's team. Yeah. Like, yeah. That was like why I thought he could really fit in with the system because in a year like last year where things were a mess – um, effort was always kind of questioned. Like Scott Lawn was the one guy that every single night played his tail off, and he was mm-hmm. recognizable. And you just knew that like effort for checking base game would fit him well with the Vigneo system. And we're seeing the results. He's having a career year, and he's played a lot less games because of injuries, and he's only getting better. That consistency is so important too for your team. I mean, of course it is. It's an obvious take, but like to have a consistent player like like he is, and I mean. I'm just going to keep going on this line because another topic the other night was Kevin Hayes. So let's, you know, get into Kevin Hayes. The expectations on him were pretty high signing this guy to a long-term deal and paying him quite a bit of money. Yes. Um, And I, I, again, going back to something else I liked, what Chris Terrian said was just how much he stood. Al was even saying it too, just how loose he was on the bench the other night. Just what he brings to the team, yes, on the ice, but off the ice has sort of exceeded expectations as far as, you know what he meant for this team it's almost like I feel like he really yes adding him it was a great addition as far as the lineup and what we're seeing uh him produce but on top of it Taryn was on here you know bringing up those nicknames everything else that he brings and how important that is to have that player in your dressing room in your on your team to just have everything light and have fun because that's important to do too yeah I think he's rubbed off on the entire dressing room um I think a lot of the guys didn't know exactly what to expect with Kevin Hayes just like we didn't uh, but he's fun, uh, he's personable, uh, he gets guys loose uh, and ready to play, and I think they've they've fed off that. Um, and I think he has the respect top to bottom among the roster. Uh, and he, he even, I think the good thing is he's hard on himself. The other night, post game, he, he mentioned, uh, he's like, I should be scoring more points. I'm not happy with my point total, but... He did not say pucks deep, which is and pretty surprising. he didn't, dis- which is kind of disappointing, Katie, yeah. I hope he's not losing sight of the importance. Joe, you know how much we love pucks deep. We yeah. do. We yeah. do. And he usually, you can count Says on it all the that. time. Yes. He forces it in there. He definitely does. And he did it the other night. Yep. But anyway. Um, but uh, to follow up on your point, I, I find it interesting about Kevin Hayes. At the beginning of the year, I feel like he was a guy that we didn't know a lot about. Yeah. Uh, he, he, it's not like his personality burst off the screen. Yeah. Or if you... Just off, from past examples, right. like you wouldn't know. Yeah, like yeah. reading quotes from it's not nothing was like uh, too snazzy. It was just kind of like this guy. He's he's kind a guy a that's going to work hard. Yeah, yeah. he's not going to consistently score. And in the beginning of the season, we saw that he had trouble being consistent. Yeah. It almost seems like his personality has, as his personality has bubbled and people have gotten to know him, the consistency of his play has come along with that. Yeah, and now. You you hear him talk and you see how he's out there, oh, how he plays, and he you would think he's been here five years. Yeah, 
Yeah, I feel like he at first took a little while to get comfortable, mm-hmm. but now like this is home. Philly is home for him. He feels like he's been here for years. And he's happy now. to be here too. And you, he's happy you hear to him be talk here. about Philly. He loves this. He loves it. Yeah. Um, something that is important, you guys. This is really hard hitting news. We need to know what are the two new guys' nicknames. What is he going to call Nate Tom? What do you think Nate Thompson These is? These are tough. Tom. Derek Thomas? Grant called him Tom's because they. Tomps. He, Derek Grant was saying that they went. They went to the um the arena. Uh, from the hotel together uh, and he's like yeah I came with Tom's I was like okay that Tom's like maybe we can go with that but, but Kevin Hayes, I don't know you know he he's always creative with this I right. really wonder what it's gonna be well I feel like Derek Grant is a DG easy I like DG. that DG that's easy. a good one real easy one you can't or, like or it might be Granny I mean you never granny know or Grancy or you're always safe adding a Y to the end right of yes. right right and how about Kevin Hayes? Uh, he's got his n- new beard. Yeah, the the big hazy. The how about that? Are you guys gonna try it out? What is that? Like, an IPA? I think it looked like an IPA. Yeah. Are you guys, do you guys like IPAs? You know you're I'm a big, not big deal. On the IPA. Yeah. <laughs> you know you're a big deal when you have a beer named after you. By the way. Yeah. Anyway, that's uh pretty neat. On top of it, I want to you know. Jordan, you, you always said that second game against Columbus was the most important. I'm going to keep going back to you saying that. I'm going to hold you accountable. He said the second or the fourth game of the season, but the second game of the home and home against yes. Columbus was the most important game of the season. And I agree with that to a certain point, but not exactly. You know, I'm really the rest of this month, how they finish it out. And, you know, we have the, the Rangers now in town. The Rangers, they a are. team that are get They're hot. What yeah. were we saying earlier? Panarin has... Yeah, he's. I can't even count eighty-three points. Right, already somewhere around there. But he's. They have threats. He's in the thirties with goals and the, in the fifties with assists. Yeah, and he clearly was their prized off-season acquisition. Um, what's interesting to me about this weekend's pair of games is how is that goaltending situation going to be handled by the Rangers because their phenom Igor. was in a car accident yeah. and yeah. he is out for a. a, a you know, a sizable amount of time yeah. here. So it seems like the Flyers are going to get Henrik Lundqvist, which is no consolation not, prize. Yeah, right. Um, think or, or Georgiev. Yeah. So um, I'll, I'll be interested to see how that – because the, I agree the Rangers' you. momentum seem to be uh, having a lot to do with Igor Shosturkin. Yeah. yeah. And I'm wondering how that's going to affect them with him being out. Yeah, I, that goaltending situation you're completely right with. It's a big question mark. Here, we do know Carter Hart will be in net for sure on yes. Friday night, tomorrow. But yeah, going up against the Rangers, a team that has like slowly, I saw they were in the part, they're the top 16 now as of today. I mean, this team, I feel and, like. And them re signing Chris Kreider, I don't think we can minimize what that means. That right. means that they think they're in it, or else they would have shipped him off and tried I agree to get with you. some yep. pieces yeah. for him because he was arguably the number one name on the trade block and they surprised everybody signing them to an extension which tells you where their front office is where their coaching staff is and where their players are they think they're in it yeah and we heard Elaine Vino even today saying just with the flyer side of it that you got to love a good rivalry game like this but they certainly have threats that uh, Joe was just mentioning too Jordan it's not gonna be an easy one no, no. And, and then as we know, they still need to go to Madison Square Garden twice. And I think those games are going to have playoff feel to it. Mm-hmm. Not only because the Rangers are kind of starting to sneak up on people. Uh, a lot of people didn't really think they were hanging around. Now they are. But then you have the whole New York factor with Elaine Vigneault and Kevin Hayes. Um, I think these games mean something to them. Uh, so I think there's going to be a lot of juice in the building. And I think I can't wait for it. I think it's going to be fun. 
And the history, if you're going to face Henrik in the garden for the Flyers, is not exactly a pretty one. No. So, oh, boy. Um, yeah. You know, it's, like you said, playoff atmosphere. I'm I'm sure it's that's yeah. what it's going to be. Yep, the games are going to be fun. Um, deep down, Kevin Hayes has never said it, but you know the, the whole New York thing means something oh, to him. Oh, yeah. Look what he did in the one annoying game they've played the Rangers so far this season. Uh, we all remember that. So, uh, And Elaine Vigneault, uh, well, has even admitted that New York was a special time in his career. So I think going back to that building for the first time since he's been fired uh, will mean a heck of a lot to him. Uh, and that's why I think everyone's so excited. Hopefully the Flyers really get up for that game, knowing that not only is it huge for their playoff run, but uh, it's kind of huge to Kevin Hayes and Elaine Vigneault. They're two guys, so yeah. it, it should be good. Jordan, you were asking them today, too, just about Elaine Vigneault, like especially Jake Voracek, I remember you asked. Like, what were your initial, you know, reactions to hearing you as a coach and then what have you learned from him so far and I feel like we sort of brush over this a lot the fact that yes you have Elaine Vino, he's got a lot of history he's 10th all time tied 10th all time and wins now as of last game crazy but on top of that you have a whole coaching staff full of former head NHL coaches I mean that is one of the biggest advantages you could have I think we said that at the beginning of the season but I've seen it really pay off for this team, specifically on the special teams. They, you know, improved that penalty kill. Even the power play has stepped up so much lately. Going, you know, from what we saw from the Flyers last season, even the season before, but specifically last year, just how much they've improved everything. Is that sort of an underrated thing? The fact you have three uh, coaches that were all head, head coaches in the NHL. I mean, it's a stacked bench I think we could say that's a perfect way to put it coaching staff and Katie I do think it's really underrated the Flyers had 82 points last season that was their fewest since 2006-7 that dreadful nightmare season and now all of a sudden they're one win away from matching their win total last year uh, and they're on pace for 100 points like you don't just go from 82 to on the verge of 100 um, without quality coaching and the players said it number of times today uh, and over this season that they when you look at those three coaches you see experience like they exude experience um they exude confidence there's a been there done that mentality and I think the players all look up to them and when you trust what they're saying to you and then you incorporate it into your like your game the results are right there in front of you um and I think the Flyers have seen that so props to Chuck Fletcher and Elaine Vigneault when Chuck hired Elaine Vigneault they both got two guys that they liked I know Michelle Terrian was more of a AV guy they had a track record together and then Mike Yo was more of a Chuck Fletcher recommendation. They both were open to each other's ideas, and it created a really formidable coaching staff, and I think we're seeing that, Joe. Yeah, and I think when you look at it in comparison to last year, you yeah. everything this coach does, the team responds to. Right. And I think that's an area that, I mean, yeah, it's not, it's it wasn't, it's not a secret. Yeah. They were lacking it they were right. lacking the past experience. few years. Yeah. And this year... We've seen a number of things. They, when they've gotten in slumps this year, mm -hmm. they come out of them. Yeah. Last year, those things would snowball. They yeah. would get really bad. Yep. And um, they have, just recently, their starts have been very good. And right. I felt like in the previous regime, the, them, the way they started games really plagued them. Yep. Particularly last year was a mess. A mess. And uh, I would say for you know, a good portion of this year, the way they've started games has been uh, definitely recently a strength. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's, if we, uh, it's a very dark spot. We don't really want to go back to that horrible holiday or the hor horrible road trip following the holiday break. Remember, the, I feel like I mentioned this all the time because it's 
crazy how much they've improved since then. I mean, remember, was it six-game losing streak? And it was every first period, every first 20 minutes, you're down three or four goals, and it was just the start was so bad. Um, In a quote I remember from Elaine Vigneault, I keep going back to today, he had so many good things to say at practice, but I remember him talking about if you're going to make the playoffs, like he he was saying a team that's going to make the playoffs has to improve, and if they don't improve, they're not going to make it. And so they knew they needed to improve, and that's really what we've seen. Specifically after the All-Star break, I believe they're 9-4. and four. Yeah, um, and you're right. They've gotten better and better. Um, and I, I think people expected um, them not to like blow through the standings early on because it's a new head coach, it's a new system, everything's different and new. But, uh, but since November 1, uh, only three teams have more points than them. The, the uh, Bruins, Stars, and... I'm blanking on the other one. Bruins, Stars, Capitals. and it's probably the Capitals. I'll have to double check that. But only three teams have more points. Uh, and that's a large chunk. of That's over 50 games that they're basically top four in the league. Um, so, yeah, the credits to the Flyers, their coaching staff, and the players wanting to get better and improving. And you can tell Katie and Joe at practice when we talk the to them. The hard work. The yeah. hard work. And they're also not satisfied. Like, none of them are comfortable thinking, like, oh, yeah, we – you know, we're, we're turning things around here. This is a good season. Like, no, they know there's more work ahead, and I think that's a good sign, too. And you mentioned, you mentioned after the holiday trip, and if you remember Taryn's interview with Chuck Fletcher that we did, mm-hmm. he said the veteran coaching staff was the reason that they were able to come out of that. Yeah. That was one of the, the, the highlights to me of that interview was the veteran coaching staff, and he didn't just say Elaine Vigneault. He said the coaching staff as a whole and yeah. their experience and their veteran leadership was kind of what led them out of the doldrums of that um, that West Coast trip because yeah. it's not it's not like they played great teams out there. They played the Sharks, they played the Kings, yep. they played the Ducks. These are teams at the bottom of the standings, yeah. and some of those games that just flat out looked like they didn't show up. Yeah. Well, and, and that was their trend too to play down to their level. I mean, they couldn't dominate these lower teams, and we're not too far ahead of that for this Flyers team yet. I mean, they still haven't really dominated. Right, the but if you think teams, about. But those games and how it looked like they didn't show up since then the devil's game that they lost five nothing at home is really the only game that stands out to me as a game where that looked like that might have been the case but otherwise i i don't i don't think they've had any duplicate performances right. of what went on on that trip hopefully they never yes. do that yeah. was and i even remember for us joe uh that was fun. It's like, okay, what are we going to do for this pregame? Hopefully, you know, yeah. and that's the job. Sometimes you have a losing team. You just have to um, find ways around it. But it's it's certainly a good sign for us to have better content, but then to uh, get out of that rut and not have that same sort of occurrence again. Yeah, you got you guys haven't had to talk about two straight losses since January 4th to the 7th. Knock right. on that wood, yes. Jordan. Thank you. And I would like to correct myself. I remember uh, since November 1, it's the Lightning, Bru- Bruins, oh, Lightning and Blues. Yes. Blues. Uh, excuse me. I messed that up. Uh, Lightning, Bruins, and Blues you never mess up, that have Jordan. more points. But that's it. That is it. They are the fourth best team since November 1. And that's crazy. I don't think anyone would have felt that uh, Yeah, you're after even last saying season. November. I mean, this is before the holiday break overall. Yeah. Um, and you're thinking about those two teams that you're talking about right there. And that included, what, a 12-game winning streak by the Lightning? Yeah. So, and I think they have, and the Bruins only have two regulation losses at home yeah. the whole season. One was to uh, just, one was no the Flyers that was overtime right. Yes, that was that was yeah, yeah. overtime right. Yeah. Regardless, so, that's yeah. pretty darn sick. Yes, as the kids would say. I like some would say that's a lituation. All right, Katie, I right. would <laughs> say that's a lituation. Um, 
Joe, yeah. thanks again for joining us. I was going to say really quick, because I feel like at the beginning of this, we got into it a little bit, but I, just for fans out there, because you have a really cool job. Um, you, I depend on you day in and day out. <laughs> Joe is, again, the uh, pre and post and intermission producer. So he works with me as the host every day. He's in my ear every single game night. And you are literally doing, um, especially in post game, he is taking in sound. I mean, tell me sort of focusing on post game one more time, just for you know people that might be curious about your job. You're, you're taking sound in. You're having to multitask. You're listening to what Kevin Hayes is saying and then telling me what I'm going to next and putting graphics up. I mean, what is it like down there? Yeah, I well, I mean, it's not all me, so I'm not going to take all the credit. Right. There's a full team effort there is, down there, yes, but you're there's, I mean, we have people building graphics. Uh, we, have, we have so many different people with input on the show. But, yes, on a nightly basis, what is go- while we're on the air – I'm usually listening on an off-air monitor to sound that's coming in. And we also usually do our, um, we do a conversation with the guys in the booth, with JJ yep. and Jonesy or JJ and Bill Bringing Clement. Them in and- yeah, and um, so uh, I'm coordinating all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I have, I'm not tooting my own horn, I, I have experience doing it. So it just kind of becomes second nature to do it, Yeah. to be able to multitask because that's the only way you do this job is you learn how to multitask. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, on top it of multitasking, intense. you get to when, deal with When the me. job gets intense, that's when <laughs> it's good. The yeah. intensity is good. I agree too. And um, for those, and for those listening, yes. And for those listening, Joe is super technical and detail oriented. Uh, an example of that, Katie, is we always get an email from Joe, like a day before detailing your exact show. And it's really cool. Like, some people would think like, I have no reason to know what you guys are doing, but it gives me a great glimpse of what you guys are doing for that show, where maybe I can tap into it digitally. Uh, and it's always a huge help. And I get that email every single game. Yeah. Um, and that just shows you the, the behind the scenes work that Joe does, that you do, Katie, before, yeah, each, before. before each show. And there's a lot of shows to be to be working on too. And yeah, yeah it's a great point. It's a full team effort here. Yeah. I mean, we have that call. We all we are all on the same page. Yeah. Um, but everyone's job certainly has a lot to yeah. do with it. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, and, and the more um, platforms we hit with the things that we do, yeah. the better for all of us. Right. So the other night when um, I was able to set that up with Taryn to interview the emergency goaltender because of because um, it was relevant the, yeah. The, yeah. from what happened David in Toronto Ayers. the other yeah. night when yeah. the Marley's Zamboni driver <laughs> won a game that. against Toronto on Hockey Night in Canada. Like the so, Toronto um, team can really score. <laughs> that still blows my mind that he yeah. was able to finish off a win for them yeah. against Toronto. Yeah, so we we um, we interviewed the, uh, Backup the emergency goaltender here, goaltender mm-hmm. here uh, that's – basically on call and he said some games he dresses halfway he's a some games he doesn't dress yes he's a geologist so let's just say he's looking at from rocks Colgate all day. University that works here yeah as that's his regular job he got to the arena about six o'clock I've never met a geologist after his by regular the way. job and, I have a um, feeling though he'd be rock solid in that oh <laughs> my god <laughs> there's my hockey right, joke of the day yeah. but yes. I'm sh- but anyway, yeah, it's it's a complete like you also have to be creative. You have to be on top of the latest trends and everything too. Yeah, and we we get we generally will get an interview for every show, mm-hmm. but when we can do things differently like that, yeah. we do it. And yeah. that um, I was able to ha- have the Flyers help us set that up, yeah. which they, um, I mean, Flyers PR guy Zach Hill, you know, is the yeah. best that 
best in, best business. in the business. So he helped us set that up, yeah. and uh, that was that's a an example of a of we yes we did it in our show, but it's something that yeah we posted it, the video digital, on the website yeah, we wrote about it's a, it everyone's it's on an the same everyman page. Social. type of story right it's yeah, an yeah every it's an everyday person type of story yeah. that resonates with everyone because this guy went to a job came except after his job he came to a hockey arena in case they needed him to play <laughs> goaltender it's so so yeah same here no I, I was uh in really quick it's what I think is great too when I have students coming up to me I mean I'm not a producer but even a job in TV things are never perfect and we've had games where a camera goes down a mic goes down and we just you're telling me like Katie you need to you need to keep filling or we need to keep doing something and you have to react to that and it's crazy like for me it's it's a different stress but for you you're like scrambling things sometimes things don't go the same that we planned for but you make it a show Joe yeah yeah and <laughs> you're great uh, at that and um when I first started in this business I mean there were nights where I was down there and saw that happen with the producers yeah. that I learned how to do this job from. Right. And I mean, I was totally overwhelmed. Yeah. But you just learn how to do it and then it just becomes You have what no you other do. choice. You have to get through yeah, it. React, I mean, right. every, every person that does every job has moments that are overwhelming. Right. And you gotta producing it, right? sports television is not one of the harder jobs that people <laughs> have to do. So it's a great way know, to look at it. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's all good. You're all good. Say You're it back. Good. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Say it back. <laughs> Say it back. Okay, guys. I feel like we've gotten okay. I feel like now we've that gotten we're laughing. Little, but like you already sort of stole my thunder, Jordan, because you had a great joke. Thank but you. I Thank have you, to Katie. look this up. Don't steal it. I have a good joke today. This is the time for the hockey joke of the day, Joe. Joe so this, this is, is what we do. The best part of the show. I'm ready for. <clears throat> Why do hockey players work in bakeries during the off season? Have you told me this one before? Because no. it sounds familiar, no. but I don't remember the answer. Why are hockey players <laughs> working in bakeries during the offseason? I love that there's a chance that maybe Katie told this to you already. No. It um, sounds familiar. I have no clue. Is that no your final idea. answer? Because they're great at icing the cakes. That is good. You have told me that, that one before. That is all right. good. You all told right, me that all right. one before. Thank you for coming, guys. This has been really fun. <laughs> I enjoyed that one, Katie. That's like an 8.9 Was it a me. knee slapper or was it? I it didn't see you slapper. guys do it. I slapped so. my knees multiple times. Uh, okay, that's a lie. Copy. Um, anyway, <laughs> Joe Fordyce, thank you for joining us. Thank, thank you, you so much, me. Joe. Appreciate Absolutely. It. See you tomorrow to plan for a show. It's going to be great. Absolutely. It's going to be a great show. It's a big one. Game one of the Rangers yes. in town. All right. Thank you for listening to the Flyers Talk Podcast. I'm Katie Emmer. Thank you so much, Joe Fordyce. I am Jordan Hall. Uh, wherever you guys get your podcasts, rate us, subscribe us. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time. Have a great day.